I'm horrified by this case. I have absolutely nothing. Is that going to work for our show? Do you think? Is that good to have nothing to say? Great job. Doing it. At least I showed up to work today. Hello. Look, I'm so excited to be doing Unsolved Mysteries. I love it so much. But you guys, reminder, before we get to the show, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 150, 380, 940 full bonus episodes to download a binge right this second, girl. It's definitely closer to 940 for sure. <laughs> you guys, it's everything you want us to cover on all the different cable networks. It's like Fear City and um, what are the other ones? I'll Be Gone in the Dark, Tiger King, Don't F with Cats. It would have been Unsolved Mysteries, but we decided to put it on the regular feed. How are you enjoying them <laughs> apples? Right? How many episodes is that a week? Three from us? My I goodness. Know. You have patience of saints, all of you who I are know. listening to all three apps of us a week. But it's also ad-free versions of these episodes, ringtones, Zoom hangouts. Sometimes yeah. we send you stuff in the mail. Little postcards and stuff. It's fun. Totally. It's a real party. Our Patreon is really, really awesome, you guys. Patreon.com slash TrueCrimeObsessed or go to our website, click on the Patreon link. And we also have more podcasts, you guys. If you want to find more true crime podcasts that you're obsessed with, go to obsessednetwork.com to see all the stuff we're doing. Do it. Do it right now. (laughs) I don't have any time for any other response other than you doing it. is a new sponsor this week. Homer is this amazing learning app for kids. I want to read this thing and then I'm going to tell you my experience with it. Okay, great. So Homer Learn and Grow is part of Homer's essential early learning program that builds skills for school and life, taking kids on a personalized learning journey that boosts their confidence and grows with them, thoughtfully made for and loved by kids ages two to eight. Daisy is six. She's perfect for this. Right. Obviously, online school has been hard on everybody. Daisy's been struggling with her reading a little bit and Homer has been perfect. So it's an app that you get. It's completely safe. There's no ads for your kids to like click on. There's no interruptions or anything like that. Okay. You know, there's a little bit of an assessment so they can kind of figure out where your kid is and like what they need. They get to pick their own characters so they're following the characters that they like through their stories. And so Daisy's working on like her sight words and she's doing reading with Homer and the app can hear her. <gasps> so when she's like repeating words back, if she's not doing it right, they'll help correct her. Wow. So it's like truly interactive. It's super interactive and it's really helped her. The whole thing is powered by the Homer method which is the most effective way for children to learn. It's expert design and like proprietary, right? So it's just theirs. They say that their Learn and Grow app has proven to increase reading scores by 74% with just 15 minutes a day, which is basically all any kid can like focus on anything at this point anyway. Absolutely. That's the sweet spot right there, 15. We've seen a noticeable difference in her reading confidence since she started. That's so great. And it's great for her too. Totally. She's happier. You're happier. 15 minutes a day, interactive app. I love this. This is perfect for anyone with kids ages two to eight and we've got a deal for you you guys so just visit learnwithhomer.com slash tco to start a free 60-day trial right so visit learnwithhomer.com slash tco start a free 60-day trial be happy 15 minutes interactive i'm obsessed with this i wish i had this when i was a kid Girl, Unsolved Mysteries, episode four, No Ride Home, you guys. It's the story of Alonzo Brooks. Yeah, this is really upsetting. It really upset me. It won't leave me. I have a lot of commentary, I feel like, throughout this one. I was like, I don't know at what point in the note taking I went, wow, girl, you really had a lot to say today. (laughs) You gave yourself a little pat on the back. That's great. (laughs) 
Why not? Hey, look, wherever we can get it, you know? I know. I love Unsolved Mysteries so much, you guys. Let's just jump in. This episode opens in like a creepy, swampy river, ravine or whatever. And it is so perfectly Unsolved Mysteries. I was like, "Ah." it was just, I took a deep breath and I thought, here we go. So we meet a woman right at the top and we know that it's going to be the victim's mom. And she just says, I'm still hurt. I'm still mad. And no trust. I lost that. I always tell my grandkids and great-grandkids, always watch your back and don't think everybody's your friend, you know. And she always tells her kids, like her grown children and her grandkids, to watch their back. Don't think of everyone as your friend. And I'm just like, oh. I know. So her name is Maria Ramirez. And just to have that outlook and to tell like little kids, like, don't trust anybody. She's absolutely right. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, to, yeah. to instill that fear in people. But it's just like, again, I ask, how did we get here? Was it always this bad? How, where, how did we fall so far to be uh, telling our kids, don't trust anybody, stay away, don't have any fun, don't let your guard down? But you have to. I know. I, it's so fucking sad. So Maria tells us, this is the case of Alonzo Brooks. So M- Maria is telling us that she raised all of her kids in Kansas. She had two boys, three girls. Alonzo was the baby. And like, you know, the baby of, of anything. Family. Like he grew up sort of like getting mad all the time because he couldn't go where the big kids were going. And he just wanted to be like a big kid from the time he was little. Yeah. And he, you know, loved karate. And we meet Billy, his brother. And Billy's like, when we were younger, I would, you know, tease him and punch him and, you know, try to make him hard, you know, and uh, make him try to make him grow up too fast. And my mom used to get on us about, get on me about that. And, you know, leave him alone, you know. Like, shoot, you got to be hard. You, you know, you got to you gotta be tough out here. You can't be weak, you know. Um, people take advantage of you. Can we not do this? Can we I please know. not do this? Like Men can feel and have emotions, and, and it's not weak to not know how to throw a punch. Can we yeah. just say that? I like Billy. Billy does a lot of great stuff yes. in this, and he's just trying to be a good big brother. He's a good guy, but, like, it's that whole fucking toxic masculinity thing because Alonzo is described as, like, shy and sort of, like, a little bit timid when he was younger, and so his brother's trying to beat him up to teach him how to be a man. I was like, that. can we stop being garbage about that shit? Yeah, I know, I know. And also completely related yet completely unrelated they keep saying Topeka and I just keep thinking of Almost Famous that line where it's like we're just real Topeka people man just kept hearing that and I was like I have to focus I will watch Almost Famous later tonight but I was like nope I just heard yeah just some uh, real Topeka people man but we also meet Alonzo's sisters it just like they've got this cool close-knit family and like they're all with us throughout I love his sisters are Cindy, Demetria and Felicia and they're they're just cool ladies they're no dummies this family they're like on top of it they're kind of like who do you think you're talking to like we're not idiots like don't talk to us like idiots because as we learn a lot of people spoke to them poor and in a shitty manner and I'm yes. not here for it and neither are they <laughs> and, and a real shitty manner and a real shitty <laughs> manner and I won't stand for it the mother has this memory where she's saying that like she's looking at a picture of Alonzo and she goes he was always messing up my hair I used to get so mad at, I missed that you know I missed that a lot but uh and it's so real and she's like you don't think yeah. about that and the little things and you know you. it's just like I hate everyone Here we are. Welcome. I know. So it's April 3rd, 2004. It's Gardner, Kansas. Right outside Topeka, where there are real Topeka people. (laughs) (laughs) 
And the mom is telling us that Alonzo was going to go to a party that night. Now, Alonzo is not as young as I thought he was. I thought he was like a teenager. He's 22, right? He's 23 when he 23. died. She, she said specifically he was 23 when he died. Yeah, so he's 23 years old. He lives at home with his mom. They have a very close relationship. Because I kept thinking, like, if he was a teenager, you could tell the mom was uneasy about the party. And I would be like, well, just tell him he's not allowed to go. But then we learned he's 23 years old. Right. And the party is interesting. There are many yeah. words for this party. But it's weird because it's like there's a goodbye party and some guy he kind of knows from just around no he doesn't know him at all like that's the whole thing yeah he's like going off into the military and so they're having this big party and his mom is like who is we like we're having a party who is we and he's like I don't even really know but there's a big party and I'm gonna go to this party which I just kept thinking out loud like can we put more movie theaters in Kansas or something can we give these people something to do other than driving 45 fucking miles to go to a party at a fucking stranger's house and like down a dark Kansas road. Like, maybe this is my New York talking, but that is not my experience ever to be like, oh, someone down the street is having a party. Why don't I go to this house I've never been to in the middle of nowhere and just go to a party? Like, I I didn't grow up with like, oh, like someone, like people had parties, but they were all in apartments when their parents were out of town or whatever. But like, and it was, you know, some, a friend would bring you to their friend's party or whatever. But the idea of just like, oh, I heard about a party. Party. Someone's going to the military. I know nothing about anyone, and I don't know anyone there. Let's go. Like I, I don't have that experience, and I'm not saying that's an experience that people have. It is just very much not mine. No, and we start to meet his friends, and like we never find out who was actually invited to this party. Everyone's just kind of heard of it. Yeah, because we meet Justin Sprague, and Justin's the guy who picks him up. Did you say Justin's the guy that I'm going to leave my family for? Oh, are you? <laughs> I don't know. I really found Justin attractive. That's all. That's all. We see his blue eyes just beaming at me right through the screen. He cries later. Like There's a lot going on behind those eyes. Yes. A lot. (laughs) So all of these friends that we're about to meet are white, and that should be made clear. So Justin picks up Alonzo, and he's even like- I'm not really sure how I learned of the party. I don't recall that it was something that was planned out weeks in advance. That's- that's not really how our group was. It was more of, hey, heard this is going on. The hell with it. Let's just go. Like, it wasn't planned. It was just like a party. Like, stop asking me about the party. And I'm like, but it is weird that it just like sort of just materialized like foot, like out of nowhere. And suddenly there were just like a bunch of people and shitty beer in the middle of the woods. Also, Justin, your friend died mysteriously at this party, girl. You're sitting down for an interview. We've got some questions for you. We're going to proceed with our questions, Justin. I'm going to ask you 15,000 questions about that party and you have to deal with it. You showed up. You signed the release. This is Netflix talking to him, I'm assuming. <laughs> deal with it. But wait, we meet his other friends, Daniel Fune, F-U-N and another one named Tyler Brohard. B-R-O-U-G-H-A-R-D. You guys, his name is Brohard. It might be Brohard? Brohard? His name is Tyler. I'm really bad with names, but for the sake of the bit, can it be Brohard? Sure. That's what you need to get through this. You know what he knows how to do? He knows how to bro hard. Oh, boy. Not in a sexual way. I just mean like. Uh, Here we are. Well, you're in love with Justin. You're leaving your family. Tyler, like, I can't keep track. I can't even keep up. What's happening? And the other guy, Daniel, who I like, is wearing a hat the whole time because he's prematurely balding. I was like, girl, I see you. Oh, is he? I didn't notice that. So we learned that, like, all these friends met playing football, and they tell us about Alonzo that, like, he was super intense at football. I'm not really sure what any of those words mean, except for intense. Zoe was a beast when it came to football, but he'd go from knocking your ass in the dirt playing football to literally, you guys could just sit down and just chat. 
I mean, he was just the easiest guy in the world to get along with. He, like, left that shit on the field, as they say. He's playing the yeah. game, but afterwards he's not going to, like, be mad at you because of what happened in the football game. Like, no. he's just like, he's Alonzo. Like, don't worry about it. Because, like, when I would go to drama club and something would go wrong, I would take that shit home with me for weeks. I would not speak to Christian Polino after the night. I was not the easiest person to get along with at Friendly's after rehearsal. Shocking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, Alonzo gets in Justin's car. They ride together. And again! The way Justin tells that story, like, he came there to pick Alonzo up, and then the other friends showed up, and then still it wasn't decided that Alonzo was going with Justin. Like, I don't know. It's all a bunch of straight guys, like, poorly planning their evening. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, I don't know. Are you doing right. it? No, I guess I'll drive. Oh, okay. Like, and, like all four of them show up in four separate cars. No one thought ahead. Like, why don't we just all go? These guys are really sweet, but, like, straight guys, get a gay. Let them plan your night. Save everybody a bunch of time. It's really just, like, a bunch of boys trying to get to a party. Like, oh, my God. We could be there in half the time in one car if a gay or a woman was planning it. And honestly, like, then everybody would be safe. If there's one car, everyone's got to come together. Everyone's got to go together. You know what? New plan, Kansas. One car to a party, guys. Well, let's get into Kansas. Uh, Specifically, a place called Lacine, which is where the party is. The party is an hour away. Can I just say, I have spent so much time on Google Maps looking at this town. I know. The way they describe this town, it's 46 miles away. It's over an hour drive. To which I just said, how did these boys hear about this party? We never get clarity on that. And you know what I'm thinking too? Because I like, I really hate drinking and driving. I think it's like the stupidest, most selfish thing you can do. And I'm thinking, so you're going to drive an hour away to get to a party, drink, and then how are you getting home? You're driving an hour in the dark to get home? Like, why are you doing this? And, like, not a streetlight in the entire fucking state of Kansas, you guys. It's the backwoods. It's dark. It's, like, dirt roads. It is no joke. And we're going to get to that in a second, too. But, like, they describe it as... There's really not much to it. It's a little tiny, tiny Kansas town. Um... I think they got like one gas station, no real grocery store, nothing like that. And I'm looking at this town. I'm looking at Google Maps. Like I'm looking at images of this town. And like, it really feels like a ghost town. Like there's nobody there. Some of the kids going to this party had never even heard of the town. I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not like in Massachusetts where every town is like Worcester, Swansea, Swampskit. It's not like the Lower East Side where you're like, where's John Street? <laughs> it's not that. It's just King going. Street? What? An hour. I used to I used to live on Maiden Lane. I know exactly where John Street is. I'm just saying. Also, the music is so bad. This like cool kid music in the car where it's like It's really bad. It's really, really cheesy. Unsolved Mysteries, get that out of your folder where it's like music to use and Unsolved Mysteries, get rid of that one. That is not a good choice. I get what you were trying to do. It's just it's not working. You will not find that music in Sky's episode coming up in October. No, you most certainly will not. You will not. not. So they get there. There's like a super long driveway to the house. There's a creek. It actually sounds kind of fucking awesome. I'm like, if it wasn't a murder house, I'd be looking for it on Airbnb. You know what I mean? No. For like a weekend getaway. No. If you don't know the name of the town, you don't know who's going to be at the party. You don't know who's throwing the party. It takes an hour to get there. There are no lights. There's no sign of any human ever (laughs) or anywhere else in the town. It's next to a creek on a dirt road. Nope, nope, (laughs) no. Absolutely not. Well, they get there and like Alonzo, who again is kind of like a shy, quiet kid, he gets out of the car carrying like a 12 pack of Budweiser cans. Don't get me started. And there was a few people standing out and around the house. Zoe immediately screamed out, who wants a beer? That was the how we initiated contact with everybody at the party was him yelling out, who wants a beer? Who wants a beer? 
like all of a sudden Alonzo is the life of the goddamn party. He's generous. I know. You know people bring beer to parties and they're like, oh, this is mine. Uh, get your own. A million percent. Everyone at the party was between 16 and 21 years old and Alonzo was 23 at the time. Yeah. This is my fucking nightmare as a parent. 16 to 21 years old. Let's talk about this a little bit. Because like I understand that it's not like home footage of the actual party, but you know this is exactly what it looked like. They walk in, there's like ashtrays and cigarettes everywhere, half full bottles of like fucking, you know, gross moonshine and bourbon. Mm -hmm. There's like kids playing beer pong. And like flip cup and playing cards. Just like everyone is playing a drinking game. Everyone is doing anything they need to do to get as hammered as quickly as possible. Like you see in the reenactment them handing out cans of Budweiser and I just go, what kind of animals are these people? Where's the Chardonnay? Where's the IPA, girl? Nowhere. If I'm throwing a party, a buttery Chardonnay is never coming through these doors, ever. I ordered a buttery Chardonnay last night, and it came, and I went, she's really wrong about this. I'm really right about it. You know what it is? No matter how cold it is, it always feels like it's warm. And that's why I can't ever... And not just that buttery aftertaste, but that's what it is. It never feels like crisp and cold. It always feels room temperature at the at the <laughs> coldest. That's what it is. We solved it. Travel down the road and back again. Girl, calm is back. I'm obsessed. You guys, 2020 has been a lot. And we can all benefit from less stress and more sleep in our lives. It's so important to take care of ourselves and invest in our well-being during times of anxiety. Yeah, so I was using Calm before the move because I do this thing where I have all these lists in my head all the time. And even though I write things down just to get them out of my head, I was still having trouble falling asleep because I was thinking, wait, okay, the movers, the this, the packing, everything on top of 2020 and work and everything like that. So Calm really, really helped helped me out to just sort of like, girl, rest. Your list will be there in the morning. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh, right. Thanks, Calm. Uh, you guys, my favorite thing about Calm is that they have over a hundred sleep stories. So like that's people actually reading you to sleep. Narrated by soothing voices like Stephen Fry, Kelly Rowland, and Laura Dern. I asked you last time. It's not soothing. I'm going to ask you to do it again. Please do your best Laura Dern line. I will not not be rich. It's just that on a loop for 10 hours. <laughs> that's not it. I love Laura Dern. I once saw her at a hotel. I'm obsessed with her. Oh my God. You guys, over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. I feel like I am the opposite of the Calm app. (laughs) You are, which is why I need the Calm app. You guys, for listeners of TCO, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash TCO. So that's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. Did you hear us say Laura Dern earlier? Great. And new content is added every week. Sometimes when you get familiar with something, it won't lull you to sleep because you know what's coming. That's not the thing with Calm. You guys, get started today at calm.com slash TCO. That's calm.com slash TCO. Yeah, I wasn't going to take that over. I like hearing you say calm. Look, I know we have a really important story to tell here, but I can't imagine I'll ever have a more appropriate time to tell this story. Uh-huh. I did not go to high school parties. That was not a thing that I did. One time I did it, we had an after party for a show when I was a freshman and I went to a senior's after party. And I remember it was the first time I ever got drunk and I woke up the next morning and I was so dehydrated. I took a can of like soda that was on the table. Oh no, oh no. I took a huge sip no. and it was full of ashes. <laughs> it was, And then I threw up. <laughs> 
How did you ever drink again after that? I know. I know. I got real good at drinking eventually, but it was really, the. it's like the grossest memory of high school that I that I have. That's a really, really bad thing that happened to you. <laughs> that sucks. I can't even, I can't say anything other than like, that's the worst. So there are like 40 to 50 people there. They're teenagers, like 21 at the oldest, or, or Alonzo 23. Most of the people they didn't know, they were all country people. And one of Alonzo's friends is like, it was more of a country type thing and we're we're not so much that so i mean it was different that way a lot more of the cowboys and stuff yeah we were the city mice from topeka and the thing that stands out to me is that all the friends are like alonzo is a really kind of quiet guy he was having a fucking great time yeah he, he was like breaking out of his shell and so this is when his friend daniel the one that's going prematurely bald and doing his interview with the hat on he says you know alonzo was like sitting at a table in the kitchen i had brought a bottle of jaeger and i went into the kitchen and sat with him and we did a couple of jaeger shots and when i turned around I don't know who it was, but him and another guy just were getting into it and were face-to-face with each other. They started seeming like they were going to get a lot more serious, so I stepped in between them, pulled Lonzo to the side, get this guy to the side, try to break it up. Yeah, like, they're both at each other's faces, and Alonzo's friends today are telling us, basically, like, this fight happened because these backwoods racists didn't like that a black guy was at the party. Which I totally buy. I believe every second of that sentence. And Alonzo's like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to let this ruin my night. I guess, like, it's broken up, and it's just sort of tense for a second, and then it dies down. But, like, put a pin in that. I have a question about that later. Yeah, like, nothing came of it. It was just tense, and it was like, no, no, everyone calm down, and then it was sort of, like, over for this moment. Yeah, and then, like, the other friends just start to leave. Like, Daniel is like, I was only there nine. 90 minutes. I found out about another party. And so some of us left and went to that. And then one of the other friends is like, I left shortly after. I didn't stay too long. I was there maybe 45 minutes to an hour. We just, you know, shook hands, did the hug, and then that was it. And said, have a good night, Alonzo. And that was pretty early. I'd say it was about 11 o'clock or so. Like, how many parties were you going to that night that 11 p.m. was like your first stop? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're on their side. <laughs> But, like, how many parties are there in Kansas? But if it's another mystery party, like, I'm not going to go at 11 o'clock if it's, like, another hour out of my way to go to some party that I don't know who's there. Like, I'm like, I'm not going. We need to give the youth of America things to do. Like, everyone's just bored. That's why you're going to these mystery parties in cornfields and just getting fucking hammered and dying. And dying. So, like, everyone sort of assumed that Alonzo would get a ride from someone else. But they all ended up leaving. And there was, like, again, no communication. So the one friend who does stay is Justin, who is the one who picked up Alonzo. And Justin decides, even though he stays, he leaves the party to go get him and Alonzo cigarettes. Now, this is where it gets fucking terrifying. I get that it's a reenactment. Yeah. But, like, Justin immediately gets lost. And remember, he's never heard of this town. And remember, there's, like, not even a grocery store in this town. Mm -hmm. We're watching him drive through cornfields. And he turns, like, left when he should have turned right. And all of a sudden, he's, like, in the middle of the fucking woods. And then his car gets stuck on a, a back road with there's no lights and he's not saying and I was fucking losing my mind I know, like, I know. he's not screaming about how scared he was because it looks like like there's only two things that live in the woods you guys aliens and serial killers like yeah. I thought we were about to get a two for one Unsolved Mysteries where this guy was going to get abducted in a cornfield no hold tight hold tight that's coming up very soon though <laughs> That was so scary. And then this dirtbag Justin, rather than like being like, oh, I got lost. I got to go back to the party and get my friend. He gets frustrated and decides to bail. And at that point, I made a phone call to another buddy of ours that was at the party, let him know to get a hold of Alonzo and tell him that I got lost. Um, I could hear Alonzo talking shit in the background that I got lost and that I wasn't going to make it back. And for my friend Adam to give Zoe a ride home. 
And then Justin says, well, yeah, I trusted my friend Adam to give Alonzo a ride home. And then suddenly we're at the morning after. Yeah, I googled the living shit out of Adam. Like, who the fuck is Adam? Where's Adam? Adam? Why isn't he here? Nobody knows. Nobody knows if, like, uh, there's also a moment where Justin is saying his name that it looks like he's trying to remember. I feel like Adam might be a name that he made up for somebody that didn't want to be identified. But then a lot of people online think that Adam doesn't even exist. Uh-huh. So I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, if Adam doesn't exist, like, you would think at the very least Justin's friends would know that Adam doesn't exist. So, like, why are you lying? Like, where is Adam? I need way more information on Adam. Right. And, like, if Adam doesn't exist, did Justin make up Adam to say, right. like, I thought Alonzo was in good hands, so I felt comfortable not going back to this party that I left him at? And also, why do you need cigarettes so bad that you're driving a half an hour away? When there's another party, just both go to the other party and get your cigarettes on the way. But also, like, if Adam doesn't exist, then Justin legit stranded Alonzo at this party. Right. Like, if Adam isn't real, then Justin left knowing that Alonzo didn't have any other way to get home. Do we believe the cigarettes, or do you think Justin just bailed? No, I believe the cigarettes. I believe it. Like, it's also like they're telling the story in a linear way where it probably wasn't. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe Justin didn't know the other friends left, or maybe they all thought one of them stayed Uh behind. You know what I mean? Like, these parties, I'm sure, get super messy, and, you know, like, who the fuck knows what's happening? And And they were also drinking. A million percent. And it's, it's been a long time. I want information on Adam. If anyone's got info on Adam, DM me. Oh, yeah. Get me in on that. Yeah. So now it's April 4th, 2004, and it's the morning after the party. And we yeah. learn Alonzo never made it home. I get this phone call, and is Alonzo home? I go, well, he should be home. So that's when I go look in his room. His bed's still made up. He hasn't been in his room at all. Uh, he should be home. Instant alarm bells, of course. Like, wait, what? What is happening? So then the phones are ringing like crazy. Everyone's calling around asking where Alonzo is. This is so unlike him. And Justin says, look, according to Adam, air quotes or whatever, according to Adam, Adam didn't give Alonzo a ride home because Adam said, oh, well, I thought Alonzo already left. I I lost track of him at the party. Like, I barely know the guy. So it wasn't my responsibility. Also, Justin, I'm not the one who fucking brought him. You're the one who brought him. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, I take back leaving my family for Justin. I take it back. I was going to say you called him a dirtbag. I was going to say, wow. <laughs> things really changed. Ten minutes ago you were leaving your family for him and now he's a dirtbag. Like, okay. Wow. You can keep those steely blue eyes keep and that like 1% body fat. You can keep it, Justin. I don't even keep want him. it anymore. Put him right in your pocket. Keep him. <laughs> Well, you know who also wants to know the answers to those questions? Rodney English, who's Alonzo's yes. best friend. He's here. I got a call. His mom asked me if I heard from Alonzo. I'm like, no. Why? Well, he went to a party last night and he ain't came home. And the people that he went to the party with ain't with him. That was a sign there that, okay, something ain't right. So Rodney and Alonzo grew up together in Topeka. And that was before Alonzo moved to Gardner, which is where he has like all these other friends. Yeah. Rodney's saying like, yeah, so everything is like really suspicious to me. There are a lot of red flags here. Like Rodney, who is Alonzo's best friend, Rodney's like, I didn't know these like three white kids that Alonzo went to the party with. Like, I I didn't know who they were. And Rodney's me because he's like, I don't get it. Like this guy, Justin, brought him to the party and then like bailed on him. So when they go looking for him, like Rodney's going to go with... Justin to like the farmhouse the next day to try to find him. Rodney makes sure that he gets into Justin's car so he can like read him to filth. I kind of talked to Justin and asked him some questions like how you take someone to a party and you don't come home with them. Especially as far as we were out in the middle of nowhere. 
everything's like a, a blurry gray area to me. Yes. At some point, it's like, oh, there's a party. A bunch of kids in the in the in like the rural areas are just going to a random party. That tracks. People yes. saying like not planning whose car they're going to get into. That makes sense. Yeah, but then yeah. like now that we're here, I'm like, well, wait a second. Why wasn't there assigned seating on the right. way to this mystery party? <laughs> right. I like the gay who planned the seating arrangement, like put the people in the cars who had one thing in common, but you had to figure out what it was. Oh, God. Like at Michelle McNamara's wedding. Yes. <laughs> But so Justin and Rodney get to the farmhouse and like Justin looks right at me and says this as though it's not completely ridiculous. It came up between all of us. Let's go check along the wood line. Make sure he didn't just get drunk and decide to sleep outside. Why is that an option? Don't do that. It's not. (laughs) Like in what world is this like perfectly rational kid going to be like, I'm at a house I don't know where I don't know anybody. I'm going to walk down to the creek at three in the morning, take my shoes off and go to sleep by the river. Who would do that? Nobody. But the cops are going to latch onto it big time. So they're at the house and Rodney finds Alonzo's hat and one of his boots across the street from the house. And he's showing us now. Like he's walking us to like where this actually happened. And then the other boot was found near the creek and they weren't trying to be hidden. But Rodney's like, it looks like someone was driving down this road and like threw the hat out one window and then like drove a little bit and threw the boot out. And that that's what he's thinking. Rodney says like a- after that, like while they were searching for this and they were finding the stuff, some guy in a four wheeler pulls up. Some guy rolled up on a four wheeler and uh, came from back that way. That's the guy that told us we had to leave. At that point, we knew what was up. Something's not right. He's missing. Something, something's totally wrong. Something happened to my brother. Sorry, but I gotta get the fuck out of here. I mean, I do not feel safe at all. And oh, Unsolved Mysteries is done so well because you can feel the creepy vibe, you yeah. know? Yeah. And Rodney just like looks at the camera and he's like, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Like, I don't feel safe here. We have to leave. Just reliving what happened all those years ago, Rodney's like, no, we, we have yeah. to leave this minute. So like, you know, the friends are telling us about Lacine that it was like a white majority town, definitely racism. You know, Justin was saying like that kind of crap comes with that area. Yeah, they they also say things like, well, you know, we don't see color. And I'm like, right. First of all, we all have to stop saying that. Don't say you don't see color. That's ridiculous. And that like minimize. I I don't and they they want us to know like, yeah, there are racists here, but we're not the racist. But this town is super racist. And so we took our black friend to the racist town to the party where we didn't know who was throwing it or like how racist they would be and we all like I just don't it's like more and more questions the more we talk about it and I want to piggyback on that idea when they were saying like you know we don't see color in our friend group so race didn't come up very much no see the color you have to see the color and fight the racism it's the whole thing like when you would talk about like you know gay marriage and people would be like no I don't care about that at all no care about it you have to care about it and then fight the homophobia that's the whole thing this whole like I don't care it doesn't affect me no 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 girl like we all have to like be here for each other See the color, fight the racism. See the same-sex couple, fight the homophobia. Right. Well, the thing is, like, isn't that so nice that the white guys don't, like, color doesn't even occur to me. Yeah. Alonzo, his whole life was being a black guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, totally. what a privileged point of view to be like, it didn't even matter to us. But, like, it mattered so much to Alonzo. So give right. a shit if you're his friend. I know. I know. And it really is stark, the idea that, like, Alonzo was the one black guy in this party full of, like, white people yeah. surrounded by cowboys who everyone is saying was racist. And it's also, like, if you know, by the way, that you've brought your black friend to a party of racist cowboys, their words, not mine, racing, don't DM me, then don't leave them there. Like, can right. you make sure that, like, your black friend is protected at the racist party? Well, that's what I am screaming about in my notes because Justin is saying, look. When I left him, he was having a damn good time. 
he was still laughing, joking around. There was no animosity in the air, like that you could feel, like it, you know what I mean. There hadn't been a single, maybe other than a couple couples, are you know, bitching back and forth between each other. There was no, no issues. Period. But wasn't some guy just in his face two minutes ago? Didn't we just hear that there was tension there? There does feel like there's a fair amount of responsibility distancing mm. with Justin. I feel like Justin yeah. is trying to distance himself a lot from the responsibility. Well, yeah, because think about how guilty you would feel for the rest of your life if you were Justin. Yeah. Totally. And we get a little bit of that later. So we're back with Maria, Alonzo's mother, and she calls the cops two seconds after she gets the, you know, is Alonzo home thing. And she's like, these idiot cops were so adorable when they tried to tell me to yeah. wait 48 hours before I, I cared about my son missing. And Maria's like, absolutely not. He's my son. Something went wrong at that party. I'm not waiting another second. Do your job. Yeah. And his sisters are saying like, yeah, if he didn't come home, something was definitely wrong. He wasn't the kind of person to stay anywhere, which I just was like, that's an interesting way of saying that. <laughs> Yeah, like if there's a shitty party or a weird situation, Alonzo is out. Totally. <laughs> you guys, Thuma is a new sponsor. We just got our Thuma bed shipped to us. Listen, Steve did a time-lapse video of him and Daisy putting it together. Yeah. Not even five minutes, no tools, and like with the assistance of a six-year-old, this is easy and sleek and beautiful. It actually created space in our room. I'm obsessed. Yeah, well, the thing is, there's nine inches of clearance between the bed and the floor. I know. <laughs> Where am I going to put my luggage? Under the Thuma bed, because I can. It's so true. We have been living with these like ugly metal bed frames for so long. When the Thuma came, we could not get it out fast enough. Like We've upgraded to adult nests. Each bed is handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality, upcycled, walnut-colored wood, yeah. which is not an ugly hunk of metal. It makes us look like gays with taste. We are not that. But thank you, Thuma, for the illusion that we are homosexuals who know our way around design. We don't. I know. I mean, don't tell anyone else that. Thanks for sharing it with our listeners, because I love the intimacy here. But let everyone else think you have style, thanks to Thuma. <laughs> Here's the thing. A lot of companies just talk the talk with the eco-friendly stuff because it's like a good talking point. Not Thuma. Yeah. They work with one tree planted to plant one tree for every bed frame sold. And their bed is Green Guard certified, which means a cleaner, healthier home. Honestly, go to Steve's Instagram and watch the video of them making this bed. It couldn't be easier. It's so cute. Yeah, it's adorable. So you guys, upgrade your space with the bed by Thuma. And right now, for a limited time, you can get free shipping on your order. Go to Thuma.co slash TCO. So that's T. T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash T-C-O to get the bed by Thuma shipped right to your door for free. One more time because I really want you to get this, okay? Thuma dot C-O slash T-C-O. Create space by getting a new bed. Can you even imagine it? And get taste magically. Totally. <laughs> Girl, Amazon Music is a sponsor this week. Look, I've been using Amazon Music for a while. It's been amazing from the start, girl, but it just got even better. Tell them. Okay, here's the thing. For a limited time, you can get your first three months of Amazon Music Unlimited for free, which means access to 70 million songs. 70 million songs. So you can play the songs you want when you want them. On demand, ad free, for free, for three whole months. Also, you guys, Amazon Music still has over a million podcast episodes at no charge, along with thousands of stations and top playlists. Right, so even if you don't know really what you want to listen to, just throw on the Broadway playlist or throw on the Indigo Girls station and see what comes up. Totally! Right? I put on 90s for my workouts. I don't even like 90s music, but somehow the 90s playlist on Amazon really gets me pumping up the jam, girl. Right, because it's like Fiona Apple and Letters to Cleo and all the women I love on that 90s list. I know exactly what list you're talking about. You guys, you're going to love Amazon Music Unlimited as much as we do. Take advantage of this incredible offer today. It's for a limited time. You can get three months of 
Amazon Music Unlimited for free. Go to Amazon.com slash obsessed. That's Amazon.com slash obsessed to get your first three months of Amazon Music for free. Starts $7.99 a month after. New subscribers only. Terms apply. Offer expires January 11, <laughs> 2021. So we're back with his brother, and his brother is saying that, like, I got a call Sunday, Sunday night uh, from my mom. My mom was frantic, and I was telling her, calm down, what's going on? She kept saying, your brother hasn't come home. Me and my wife got up on that Monday and drove down to Lake Scene. Got in touch with the owner of the house where the party was at, and we find out that the house was empty. The brother is getting it done. Like, between his home and Lacine, he gets the owner of this house on the phone. I don't know how he found him. I have no idea. So, it's Billy, the brother, and Cindy, his wife. So, it's Alonzo's sister-in-law. And yeah. Billy, the brother, is like, so, it's weird because the town feels very abandoned and so does the house. And I'm like, but where was the owner during the party? Like, who, like, what know. is going on? Like, I wish we got more details about the owner. Like, I wish Billy was like, and they were like a 40-year-old guy or like a young kid or something. Here's the thing about this property because Billy is saying he gets in touch with the owner and the owner's like yeah it's a rental property but it's empty. Now the party was last night and from all the boys we heard that like it was four guys who lived in the house and one of them was going off into the service but from the owner of the house who rents it out as a rental property he's saying the house was empty and then the sister says when she got to the house she's looking in the windows and she's like there was nothing in the house. It seems impossible that there was a raging party here like six hours ago. Yeah. This is the unsolved mysteries of this all because like I'm getting like the hairs on my arm is standing up. Like are we in some sort of like out of time situation? Like what the fuck? I thought we were getting this was going to be our supernatural. That's when I <laughs> felt supernatural because when it was like yeah like you never know with unsolved mysteries. Yeah where it's like oh there hasn't been a party here in right. 500 years <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> But exactly. there was a party there last right. night, right? Like it's like the guy from like Pet Cemetery where it's like well, sometimes dad is better. Sometimes dad is better. And it's like, wait. <laughs> and so now so now you're thinking, and this is what Unsolved Mysteries does. Now I'm just spiraling. So I'm like, yeah, did they get the wrong house? Right. But the thing is, we see the house in the reenactment. Girl, it's the same house. It's the, it's same the house. house. When you look up the house on the internet, it's the same house in the reenactment of the sister looking in the window. It's fucking bananas. And just to be clear, though, it does also make total sense that the owner, they, like these kids, one of them is going into the military. They're not checking with the owner for permission to have a party. It's not shocking that the owner who doesn't live there didn't know about the party, but it is weird that it's not a mess. But it's also the owner says there's nobody living there. Like, that's what I'm saying. He said the house was empty. But kids in the middle of nowhere, they'll find totally. an abandoned house and have the party. But it's totally. the lack of mess that yeah, 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 yeah. makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> so then Brother Bill is telling us that they drive around the town to like to see what they could see. He's like, all eyes were on us. Like, again, Racine, I, I have no idea. I've never been there. It's, but like, it's, it's Lacine, not Racine from A League of Their Own. It's Lacine <laughs> with an L. <laughs> no, you're right. It's totally Lacine. It's not the Racine Bells from A League of Their Own. It's right. Lacine. <laughs> totally. Okay. So, but like the brother is driving around Lacine and he's like, We drove through the town. People in town are looking at us kind of like, you know, why you're here, you can tell. You can tell when eyes are on you. It just feels like that creepy village of the damned, like, town or whatever, where, like, everyone has a secret. It's so fucking spooky. And they don't like outsiders, and they don't like not white people. It's just, it just sucks. And so, so, like, they go up to the sheriff, and they're like, hi, so something's up with my brother. Like, something terrible happened. Here's the deal. And the sheriff's like, he's going to show up anytime. He's just probably out doing what kids do, just walking around. And I remember my response was, 
How many people do you know that are out walking around with no shoes on? And it had rained. And Cindy, the sister-in-law, is like, um, so you know a lot of people who are out walking around with no shoes on? Is that a thing here in Lacey Like, what right. are you saying to me? Because remember, they found his shoes. If what the sheriff is saying is right, he would be walking around aimlessly after, like, not showing up at home with no shoes on. And it had just rained. Right, exactly. And then, like, some other people are saying, like, he probably tried to walk home. You guys, it's 46 miles. Yeah, no. No, he, no, he's not just walking around aimlessly. That's not what happened to Alonzo Brooks. He didn't just like go for a walk. No. So April 7, 2004, the case is handed over to the KBI, which is the Kansas Bureau of Investigation. And we're told that within a few days of the reported missing person, there was an extensive search. A few days, girl. I just have so much time is going by. I know. It's days and days. And so then we meet the Sheriff Martin guy. Yeah. And he's on the news like back in 2004, he's on the news with not a single care in the world, no emotion, I, no I feeling, know, I nothing, know. no empathy whatsoever. He's actually bothered it's that he, they have to look for a dead body, which I don't care for. The Monday following the party, this department was there with uh, air scent tracking dogs and walked the area. Also, the Kansas Highway Patrol uh, supplied a helicopter. But, you know, they do do an extensive search. Like, they get the KBI evidence and recovery team. They walk to the creek bed. There's a helicopter search. The FBI joins in the search team. Yeah. They're way too late. This all needed to happen on day one. It's been, like, three or four days now. But, you know, there is an extensive search. And we meet this guy, Bill Feller. They bring in a dive team. And this guy, Bill Feller, is, like, the head of the dive team. And this is a couple days even after. We're at April 12th already. Yeah. Like, it's a week. Yeah, yeah. And Bill is telling us that, like... When we came out here and we did the initial search... Water was three feet high at, or three feet deep in, in uh, the deepest part. We had three guys in the creek that started from this bridge and walked down to the T right here. And then we had three people on either side walking and clearing brush and everything like that all the way down. And they found nothing. Like, they say they found nothing to indicate that a body was in the creek at all. Keep that in mind. Yeah, and they told the sheriff, they were like, we'd be happy to come back and do, like, more searches if you want. And he says, we were never invited back. Oh. You know, I know the police are garbage, but, like, I gotta say, it seems like the search was pretty extensive, you know? Like, it seems like they searched the area, they searched the creek. I mean, of course they could be doing more in between the house and Lacine and back in Gardner, but, like, just as far as the actual area where he went missing, it seems seems like it was pretty thoroughly searched. Don't you agree? Um, I mean, this guy was an outside water rescue team that the sheriff yeah. called days and days later. So I'm sure Bill did his job, but the sheriff should have done their job since day one. And that's what I'm always going to come back to here because totally. now it's April 15th and Alonzo has been missing for 11 days and they are at a total loss. They're like, I don't really know. But only yeah. a couple days earlier did they ask Bill Feller and his research team or his search team to come in. So like, Sheriff, do your job from the beginning and maybe we wouldn't be here. Yeah. So they find nothing. They've got no information. Because the cops are saying, look, we know exactly what happened. Your friend got hammered, took his shoes off, tried to walk home and then vanished. And Justin right. today is like total bullshit. And that's what we kept trying to tell him. A, that's out of his character in general. And B, his ankle's messed up. Why is he going to just take off his boots and then truck, I don't know how many miles home? Nobody is trying to walk 46 no miles. Nobody no. is doing that. That is completely insane. And also, here, here's my question. For the sake of argument, let's say yeah. that that happened. Let's say for the sake of argument, Alonso got drunk. He took his shoes off. He tried to walk home. 
Can you still give a shit? I know. I know. I know. Can you still want to find his body yeah, for the sake totally. of his friends and family? Like, can totally. you still want to try to put this person to rest in a proper way and not just have him perish in nature? Can you care yeah. at all? A million percent. And the one other thing I would really like cleared up is I'm assuming that Alonzo didn't have a cell phone. No one ever mentions right. it, but I'd right. like to know for sure. It seems like Alonzo did not have a cell phone. Right, because Justin had to call somebody else to get in touch with him Adam, when he got lost. Adam. DM yeah. me, girl. I want to hear from you, girl. I'm looking for you. Now maybe this is really supernatural. Like, maybe Adam, like he spoke to someone and Adam is the ghost in the house and then like there's no record of Adam or, or like someone on that property was named Adam in the 1700s or totally. something <laughs> spooky travel Stamps.com is back. Look, you guys, I've been screaming about this for a while. I will never forget last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, I was walking to my eye appointment, walked past the post office, girl. There was a line around the block to get in. Multiply that by Christmas and the holidays. You guys, you need your Stamps.com account. You can do anything you can do at the post office. You can do from the comfort of your own home with a glass of wine or a straight martini. The reason it's so packed, especially around the holidays, is because you have to weigh everything. Exactly. You have to weigh the gifts you're sending or whatever you're sending so that you have the right postage. But with Stamps.com, you can do that again with the martini or the wine or both. You guys, with Stamps.com, you can get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. I'm telling you, the holidays are coming up. Everybody wants to be a little bit of a Scrooge. You got to save what you can. And the thing is, like when we're sending stuff to Lady Pate's people or whatever, I'm saying we, but Steve can't really stop what he's doing. (laughs) He can print out all the stamps he needs right at the office. It's amazing. I always say, if you had gotten your Stamps.com account last time, when you woke up this morning knowing you had to send your mom the birthday card and send out the phone bill and whatever else you wouldn't have to go to the post office to get your stamps today you'd just be doing it with your coffee this morning sitting at your computer what are you waiting for because no one remembers to buy stamps it's on no one's list so if you forget to go buy the stamps you just print it out on your computer you guys don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year sign up for stamps.com instead and there's no risk with the promo code tco you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts either. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in TCO. Right, that's stamps.com, and enter TCO. Stamps.com, you guys. Never go to the post office again. I have a headache from screaming about this. Patrick's going to lose his voice. Go to stamps.com. I need his voice, okay? We all need it to survive. So, Brother Bill is telling us that, like, of course the family wants to search the area themselves. And they're told that they're not allowed to. But a month after, a a month, a month after Alonso goes missing, the sheriff is like, you know what, girl, we didn't find anything, so have at it. Go for it. If you and your family want to do a search, help yourselves. Right. And the community really shows up for them. They get a lot of people to come and help them in this search. And so, this Karen Turner woman is a volunteer, is like a search volunteer. She's a good Karen, you guys. We found a good Karen. And, uh, she's a good Karen. And so she's like, there was a white shed that's not there now. And at, we had always said somebody needs to search that shed. That's where we were actually headed toward that. We were digging, you know, where we could through all the brush. And we got down there and I looked up and I said, oh, crap. They find Alonzo's body and they call to Alonzo's brother and his uncle. And so then, like, as soon as they find Alonzo, like, all the law enforcement shows up. The FBI, the KBI, the helicopters, like, everyone is on the scene immediately. I feel like they were all, like, at a diner down the road. Like, they just called the search off and they all went out for lunch and now they're all back. Well, apparently nothing happens in this small town full of racists with one stoplight. Right. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> no grocery store. One gas station, you guys. Okay, bye. Just passing totally. through. <laughs> See you later. And so, you know, they get the body and they bring the body to Dr. Eric Mitchell, oh, forensic pathologist. You guys, not since Grizzly Man have we encountered such a weirdo forensic pathologist. Loves his job. Yeah, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories about this guy online that he's covering up what really happened. Because, like, (laughs) we'll go through this quickly, but, like, he just says, like, from the beginning of the examination, what he had was a decomposing body. The body was clothed. There were some personal items, including a ring. And he says that, like... No evidence of any acute bone fracture. No evidence of a sharp force injury, nor a gunshot. Could he have drowned? Yes. But there are no specific anatomic signs to make a determination of drowning. And he says, like, it's not as cut and dry as that, because he says, like, could he have drowned? Yes. But by the time he got to me, I wouldn't have been able to tell that. Right. So he's saying that the cause of death is undetermined. Exactly. And the family and friends refuse to believe that it was an accident. Justin, his friend, is like, this has foul play written all over it. Yeah. And it's like his boots and his clothes were, like, on the other side of the road. Like, the creek is behind the house. The road is in front of the house. The road is, like, far from the house. And the shoes and the boots are over there. Like, what? And we get this newscaster who's just saying, like... The night of the party, witnesses say there were four men living at this house. They've now since been evicted. But what happened at the party and whether it was a hate crime is still under investigation. The night of the party, there were four men living at this house. They have since been evicted. I have eight million questions. So we know who was at this house then? I mean, so initially we're told that there were two people living at the house. One of them was going off to the service. Then we tracked down the homeowner and he's like, there's nobody living at the house. We rented out, but there's nobody living there. Now this newscaster is telling us there were four people living there. And more than anything else, all I could think about was how fucking disgusting those bathrooms must have been. Oh, just on. Un- I- Speakable. <laughs> but my my thing is because of all of those unspeakable, because of all of those twists and turns in the story, that alone warrants a deeper investigation. Exactly. Like, even like at its core, get those yeah. questions answered, and also give a shit about a human being, please. And you know, we haven't said this as much as it's said in the episode. Like the idea that's floating around out there is that it was a hate crime. Right. That it was a murder. That was a hate crime because he's in this racist town. He was at a party full of racist cowboys. Their words. I'm not saying they were or weren't. I'm just saying that's what they were saying. Right, because, you know, Cindy, the sister-in-law, is like... One of the things that I've heard is that there was a girl there, a white girl, and maybe she flirted with him or maybe he flirted with her. And they got too friendly. And some of the other guys that were there at the party didn't like it. And then we start to see these, like, conspiracy theories online. People are saying he probably decided to go swimming and was drowned. Somebody else is saying that he was held in an abandoned barn and tortured. It was an accidental death, and it's a desperate cover-up. And then, like, another person that's like, everyone at that party knows that they have to keep their mouths shut. Yeah, and and then it's like, well, everyone knows that he was in, like, the meat locker of this family. And I'm like, wait, how is everyone saying this? Like, what do you know? What? Where is this gigantic meat locker? I know. And then Justin, the friend that brought him to the party, is saying that then people were looking at them like some people think that his friends brought him to set him up with drug dealers Uh. like for what reason I don't know and then there are some other things like other thoughts of what happened to him that I read that like I won't say oh don't because they're very triggering no yeah oh 
and the thing is, like, FBI is still looking into if this was a hate crime because the thing is, the cops are like, look, we searched that area. The body was never there. And it's like, right. So between the KBI, the FBI, the underwater team, the search dogs, no one found him. And then the day you let the family search, 30 minutes into the search, this good Karen finds him. So let me say this. So I'm working on another podcast, a new Obsessed Network podcast that's coming out in January. Yes. And the, the very first episode of it is about the vanishing, drowning men. Now, this is a thing mm. that happened. I'm getting chills everywhere. Yes. Now, before I say another word about that, if this was a fucking hate crime, then it was a hate crime and we need to investigate it and find out. I don't want to diminish the idea that this was a hate crime by trying to connect it to some other like conspiracy or other strings of murders. I'm not trying to like sensationalize it at all. If this was a hate crime, we need to fucking figure that out. But I want to say separately, there is an epidemic of young, fit men almost exactly his age mm-hmm. all over the country that go missing and then about a month later wind up in a body of water like nearish where they went missing uh-huh. and it's always a situation like this where they get separated from a group of friends their body winds up in a river and it like the police want to say they were in the river the whole time but the evidence doesn't point that way like the bodies aren't as decomposed as you would be for being in a river that long or even being dead that long right right like, a lot of people connect it under the umbrella of the smile face killer. I, that's what that's what I was just thinking of. But then like in our episode of our podcast, we sort of go in a different direction right. with it. And it's like, this happens a lot. Now again, if this was not that and this was a hate crime, I mm-hmm. do not want to diminish the idea that this was legitimately a hate crime. But like young, fit men being separated from their friends, vanishing for about a month and then winding up in a body of water. You guys look it up. This is a real thing. Why are we like this as a society? I don't know. <laughs> Why, like, why is this a tangent that we were just capable of going on? Why were we able to go down this road? Why? Why? Yeah, and I mean, and then, you know, sort of towards the end, we finally get Justin, like, accepting some responsibility, crying. It's my fault I should have been there. He wouldn't have been alone. I'd have gone down with him fighting. I'd trade places with him today. And heartbeat. I believe he feels that way. Yeah. But you guys, like, I don't know what to say. We have to take care of each other. Yeah. You know, like, I think about Natalie Holloway. Like, when you're with your girlfriends on a vacation in a foreign country, don't leave them alone at a bar. You guys, when you're with your black friend at a party full of fucking racists, don't go to the party. To the but party. if you do, don't leave them there. Yeah. Can we just take better care of each other, please? Yeah. And there's sort of the stigma that it's like, you only have to tell that to groups of girls. I'm thinking of Roll Red Roll, too. Like, yes, oh, well, she shouldn't right, have gone to the party. Right. And it's like, it's not just young teenage girls who can be in danger. Everyone look out for your people no matter yes. age yes. Well, whatever or gender whatever you are it's, it doesn't just happen to young teenage girls who can be in danger going to a party everyone's in totally. danger all the time if you've learned anything we're all in danger all the time <laughs> we are all at risk 24 <laughs> hours a day whether you're in your home Golden State Killer or whether you're out at a party everyone is in immediate danger 24 hours a day <laughs> good night <laughs> You guys, we did Unsolved Mysteries episode four. I mean, there's just no better ending, girl. When you speak the truth, you speak the truth. Somewhere my mom's like, finally, I've been telling you that for years. I 
love Unsolved Mysteries so much. Oh, there's some news in the case, kind of. Like, you know, I think after this episode aired, the local authorities decided to reinvestigate it as a hate crime. They exhumed the body. We don't really have any more information than that at, when we're recording this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there might be some breaking news somewhere down the line. I mean, look, if people at this party in the small town killed this guy, like, people know. And, like, those secrets are impossible to keep forever. If that's what happened, we're going to find out. I know, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. According to a lot of comment sections online, <laughs> everyone knows where the meat locker is or the freezer, and it's, like, some family that, like, everyone is talking about oh or something. Oh, my God. Well, you guys, if you want some more laughs, join us on the Patreon. Like, <laughs> hundreds of episodes to download a bitch right this second. It's where we cover all the series. Yeah, I'll Be Gone in the Dark and uh, The Jinx and Making a Murderer, Don't F with Cats, Tiger King, Fear City, The Vow, everything, yes. you, everything you've been screaming about us doing, we've probably done it. Yeah, anything that you can think of from HBO, Netflix, Hulu, Oxygen, ID, all those series are on the Patreon. Go check it out. Join us. Um, Check out our merch, you guys. Every dime of the merch that we make is all going to charity, so go get yourself a mug or a hat. Yeah, or like a, a magnet. They're magnets now, I think. Sure, yeah, there's magnets. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, right. high pitch. That's, that's, the, that's the tone of confidence, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, put magnets on the merch. Steve, put magnets on the merch. Steve, please. Okay, enough. Oh, uh, you guys, we love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We love you. Thanks for doing this. And yeah, Netflix, however many seasons of Unsolved Mysteries you want to make, great. We'll be here for you. Oh my God, make so we'll many. Right here, screaming into a microphone about how unsafe we are. <laughs> if that's something you're into, fuck them. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> New plan, Kansas. You only got to take one part to a cardi. Whatever. I'm saying if I'm going out for a nice Italian dinner. Yes. Yes. I don't want to see some backwards Phillies hat or whatever. Yes. Get that off. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you're, you're, you're lecturing 17-year-olds about party etiquette and how to be a good guest at a party. No, there's not a, there's not a coaster in sight. It's no. not that kind of party. There's not like like hors d'oeuvres or no. if there's if there's if there's a stale pretzel, I'd be shocked. Yes. This is kind of I know. They're not gonna listen to you. He decides to wait until the middle of the night to search the creek. I wouldn't I want to show my face if that was my idea either. <laughs> Let's wait until 10, 10.30, maybe 11 o'clock to go to this creek in the middle of nowhere with our flashlights to look for a dead body. How about high noon? No? Are you busy at 1 o'clock in the afternoon to look for a person? You got a lunch, Sheriff? I wasn't interested in it until I was like a junior in high school. My mom went away for the weekend and we did have a party and we did go down to like Main Street and like pay somebody to buy us a, a case of, get ready, Zima. That Zima, the- yes. That's what I was hoping. It was, uh, I was like, please say Zima, say Zima, say Zima. Oh. I really wasn't a drinker until I moved to New York and, and became friends with my friend Mike. And it's all his fault. Hi, Mike. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility, Rabia. I didn't didn't make you you. You're you and you're wonderful. (laughs) Fix it. (laughs) Fix it. (laughs) Now we're just screaming at Rabia. Rabia, fix it! Rabia, I'm so terrified. (laughs) Please help me. (laughs) Oh.